Chapter 8 Maps I almost can't help myself experience every journey as I reflect somehow through a map of wholeness. There are so many maps from so many different cultures and civilizations, yet all seem to include the essential natural elements of our existence. Water, earth, air, fire. Four directions, six directions, or even five in the Chinese world. Around we go, south, west, north, east, above and below, holographic in nature. The first map, or the first wheel I was grateful to be taught by a Métis teacher, was a gateway to having my own map of wholeness, as well as one connected to universal truths. Once introduced to different qualities and colors of the four directions, I found that they confirmed much of my experience, time and time again, especially when sitting and fasting for days in and as part of nature. And so, I found them once again in this six-week pilgrimage, now just completed. We began like children in the South. Oh, yeah, so much trust and innocence. We were offered a small house on Tamales Bay. Let's plan and pay for a true time for retreat. What turned in literally to be a retreat from the fire and smoke in our valley. We allowed the excitement, our passion for play, to rise only days before departure. Maybe we could swim, paddle in a boat, see and be in the water. Once we arrived, however, after driving seven hours to the west, we were definitely in that west shield teaching. Literally in darkness, in the smoke of so many fires for days. The earth was on fire, at least California was, and there was no escaping. We spent days so close to the water, we could have been on a boat. It was a house, a loft built on stilts, jutting out into the bay. On some level, a dream come true once again being on the water. Yet more true was the nightmare, as our time turned out to be a bit of hell in heaven. Every day, so much smoke, we could not see past the dock. The air so dense and toxic to open any windows would catalyze an asthma attack. Huge glass windows meant to capture the view. And now the sun turned us into a greenhouse. No fans, no breeze, no air conditioning. We were a bit like those frogs boiling slowly in the pot. A taste, truly, of what was coming with climate change. Humans in glass jars, an endangered species for sure. And even though we had the choice to leave, we kept our commitments to stay three weeks there. Some days, of course, not as bad as others, purifying the air with a small machine, we stayed inside. We went inside, as the West Shield inspires such doing. 
feeling the pandemic loss, feeling the fear, feeling the long overdue protests and uprisings as the fires and killings by police boiled over anything forgivable. Our glass house was a cage, a foreboding of more to come, more recognition that privilege to be in such places has its limitations too, that we cannot keep from seeing what is happening outside. No longer is that possible, if it ever was, or maybe no longer is it acceptable or protectable. Suffering was shared now by many more in our country than perhaps ever before, and we could only pray and hope that this would all lead to the kind of change demanded over years, if not lifetimes. After many trips to the Bay Area doctors for pre-existing conditions, we emerged with more body pains than anticipated. This had always been a part of the retreat time, and yet somehow had snowballed into center stage. Skin surgeries, lung x-rays, much bandaging of both internal and external landscapes, finally left us with an okay bill of health to move on when ready. Finally, after three weeks, we knew it was time to go. Having given away three creeks to competent stewards, we decided to head north. For three days, we drove by the charred ruins of forests and homes, finding a corridor of air through Northern California, Oregon, and Washington. This was no time to sightsee or linger at the beach. It was, in hindsight, more a moment to bear witness to show up for our community, to research our future in the North, the Northwest. We drove with the news of a death. A massive heart attack had taken our dear Sierra, guardian of the forests, guardian of the gardens, taken her to the other side. We held on to the thought that as an ancestor there, she would be able, perhaps, more able even, to continue her work, her love, and care of the plants and the people. We arrived in the North in time to witness a birth, to light the fire when the water broke for one of our dear goddaughters, Meredith. Keeping social distance outside in the Northwest drizzle, somehow, we were closer to life with this new life arriving than we could have imagined. Death, life, life, death. For two weeks, somehow we became ourselves again, out and about, masks and all, doing what we came to do. Perhaps another time to story. For now, only to say we were able to see the people to see the water, those animals, those mammals and beloved ones we had known for over 30 years, if not for many lifetimes. Those parents who had survived the suicide of their son, the Northwest Carver 
who had sun-danced and helped to save an island from clear-cut by carving a totem pole. These were the champions in our little world, grandparents of the 60s, activists in the revolution, the great turning, still living in cooperative housing, supporting the next generation in this great journey. Jim and Katie prepared a salmon they had recently caught, welcoming us to Salmon Nation with the bounty of their garden, music, art, and love. Linnea and Rick gave us their beach house for three days to restore, reflect, and research a possible future in this Northwest. Ferry rides gave us the time and the conversations we needed to have on the water. And a week in a small cabin offered a place to lick our wounds, walk new trails in the woods, get lost, finding ourselves and each other again. Around the wheel we traveled until our time away was up. Having been west and north, we drove south blessed to awaken each day in the yellow of the east. Each valley we passed through was on fire now in a different way. On this route back to Three Creeks, we were greeted by leaves of change, golden in color on aspens and cottonwoods. Our spirits lifted. Our gratitude for life was palpable. We arrived home to begin again, to find a crew happy in the ways that they had found to make it through the weeks of smoke. The fires this year had not come so close to the valley, and still the reach and impact of COVID and smoke have no borders. Masks have been worn for both, and the darkness has been deeply touched here as well. The call to be the adult responsible for the community had come through each, as it had as well for us. A new, beautiful earth bag structure, a palace for pooping, was almost finished. For so many years, we had dreamed to have a beautiful compost toilet, an eco-way to transform our shit. And this team had supported its design and creation, Shared celebration dominated the airspace. After six weeks of smoke, coming and going somehow, just before return, the smoke dissipated. We entered Paiuhunadu with new eyes, able to breathe in the season change. The world changed and changing. It was almost too fast for us to incorporate it did all seem like a dream. Somehow this journey away, though hard at times, had given us just the time and perspective we needed. Fortunate to be able, we had chosen it. And now we could choose being here again in a new way. Not knowing for how long, a hundred percent committed to stay and ready and willing to leave. For now at home again, with water at the center, 
The pond here calls us close each day. More and more wildlife seem to come to its bank. Blue sky above the water is clear again and mirrors everything around.